next installment of the SUS News Podcast Series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and as always, let's say hello to our tenured uh, co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. Hello, Gene. Hello, Patrick. How are you, sir? Good. I think we're going to come up with a new call sign for you. Wolf bite. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that is kind of interesting how all that happened. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the wolf that uh, I ran into in the last couple of weeks was an interesting character and uh, a lot of fun to play with. You just had to watch those uh, big white pearlies. That's all. <laughs> exactly. There's like a nursery rhyme or something about that. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, I know you've been uh, you just fresh back from vacation and that's all good and everything else. And there's, there's lots of stuff going on in the news. Any, any one story uh, piqued your interest this week, sir? You know, I, it, it seems like when you go on vacation and you're, everybody kind of figures that you're off duty or something like that. And they can just call us, Hey, you know, let's just talk about this stuff that we're not supposed to talk about and things that, you know, should have happened and couldn't happen. So I was constantly getting called on things that were happening in the industry. Whoa. So, you know, and I was right there in the Sierras where the, uh, uh, the, the global Hawk crashed. And of course I got to hear all the scoop on that. It was within eyesight of where, you know, our property was, so there's that, and we've got the UTM paper that came out. We've got, uh, you know, the the water rationing in California. No, wait, that's not drones. Um, you know, it's just crazy because there's been so much stuff come out in the last couple of weeks while I've been on vacation. So where to start? Yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff going on, and uh, I've been out there kind of um, muckraking on the, the Twitter and over at LinkedIn on a lot of the a lot of the stories that have come out, and, and that's kind of, you know, goes into a little bit of a, our, our podcast today about um, a report that was done by GAO, and, uh, you know, there was one, and they made some recommendations, uh, was, was basically on the FAA, and basically I'm going to read their findings here, that they are making the following recommendations to the FAA, the administrator of the FAA should establish a mechanism such as an internal review procedure to ensure the FAA's management of safety risk posed by small UAS operations in the NAS follows all applicable principles and requirements in the FAA policies. Now, when I read the recommendations, I was like, hmm, I know a guy that's been beating this drum, marching band style, for a long time. And then, uh, you know, for full disclosure, actually, I was interviewed for this report. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense now. (laughs) Anyway, um, so today's podcast, um, we're going we're gonna to bring on our guest, but I, I wanted to, you know, kind of talk about, you know, the mechanics of how this happened. So let's bring on our guest without any further ado, Heather Krause. She's the Director of Physical Infrastructure Issues at the U.S. Government Accountability Office, or GAO. Hello, Heather. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Well, you know, it's great, great of you to come on. Now, you know, what we like to do here at the SUS News Podcast is educate the drone community. Mainly, we we focus on the commercial stuff, but, you know, people that are educators, um, you know, in the general general community at large, at all, and anybody else. We're very inclusive here. We want to bring everyone into the circus tent. Um, And so today, I was kind of hoping what would happen is you can kind of, you know, 
give us a, a behind the scenes of, you know, how this all, you know, gets initiated. Like, I don't, do you have like a GAO bat phone and, you know, somebody calls up and says, hey, we need a report. And you're like, oh, okay, we're on it. So, you know, hopefully you can delve into that. But first, tell us, maybe you could give us a little background about yourself and how you uh, came into this position. Sure. Um, so I've actually been with the GAO, as we uh, use our acronym, um, for the last 15 years. Um, I've worked on a range of topics here, uh, everything from looking at federal budget, government-wide federal budget issues, regulatory issues, um, and then within the Amtrak or within the physical infrastructure team, looking at everything from Amtrak, coins and currency. But really, uh, in my kind of later tenure here at GEO, I've focused on aviation issues. So. My responsibility is really to oversee GAO's aviation portfolio, so um, everything from, and primarily the role of FAA and DOT as it relates to aviation. Uh, GAO, our responsibility is really to help the Congress oversee federal spending and programs. Uh, so, so within the aviation space, we're, we're asked to look at obviously drones, which brings me here today, but aviation, other aviation safety issues, airport infrastructure issues, um, commercial space, as that becomes an emerging uh, topic of interest, um, air traffic control and next-gen modernization. So a wide range of topics were asked by the Congress to look at. So the Congress initiates a, a, a report. Yeah, so um, the way it works is is because we work for the Congress, uh, almost all of our work comes through either request letters that um, member chairman or ranking members send to us um, asking us to review particular issues or through mandates that are, are study mandates that are in law. Um, I'd say about, I think it's over 95% of our work uh, is coming from a request from Congress in one of those two vehicles. And then we do have a small amount that, of work that we do that's under our Comptroller General's authority. So he's the head of the GAO. So we do some work there. Um, I mean, I think the real value um, of the GAO work and sort of why Congress, I mean, obviously we work for them, but why Congress would ask us to look at particular issues is because we're we're really our mission is to provide objective fact-based sort of non-ideological and fair and balanced work and that um, plays a really important role in their deliberations and oversight of the federal government well that sounds pretty interesting i mean it's so you're working on the objective reality thing which is i'm a big fan but I'm a little disappointed because I didn't hear anything in there about like some cranky guy from California just calling up and saying, hey, can we look into this X, Y, Z? And I've run down the list if, uh, you know, that uh, I have. So I, I have to, it has to go through Congress. Huh? No, uh, right. Yes, yes. We work for the Congress. Damn it. <laughs> I was like, I got a long list over here that I could uh, I, I could uh, sign up for. But okay, well, that's you know good to know how that works. But it sounds good. So you guys, um, you know, they 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 say, hey, we need uh, we need some information on this, mm -hmm. and we want you to look into this, and you put together that something that's uh, kind of comprehensive and objective. Which I noticed this report was it was long, and it, and it had. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of information in there, but I thought right. I didn't really think there was anything in there that was like fluff. You know, I, I did believe it was all relevant, you know, 
uh, from what I saw. Yeah, um, no, I mean, I, yeah, I think, you know, we're trying to provide the Congress as, as timely of information as we can and also do an assessment of what's going on. So we're, you know, uh, which is challenging when you have uh, technologies that are emerging and industries that are really uh, evolving quickly. But, um, yeah, our, our, our goal is really to get, uh, the most timely information to the Congress so that they can use it in their deliberations. All right. And so, you know, <clears throat> this is good. This is all good stuff. So, you know, we, we have a goal. Um, so, you know, let, let's talk about the the mechanics of putting something like this together. Okay. So, you know, sure. Congress says, Hey, uh, we need some information on next gen, which boy, that's a, that's a, Lively topic. Lively it's a broad month. topic, yes. <laughs> okay, now this is we're gonna we're gonna test your uh, expertise level here. What was Next Gen called before it was Next Gen? It was called NGATS. If I'm, or are you thinking even before that? <laughs> oh, was it? Wasn't there like a? <laughs> was there something else like? 30 years ago, it was like highway in the sky. Yeah, I think that that's also the case, yeah. Yes, it's an ever-evolving thing. And that's another thing even with this drone thing, that, you know, this has actually uh, been going on since, like, 1992. People are like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, the drone thing's kind of new and blah, blah, blah. But a, lo- a lot of these issues kind of surface, become something, and then they kind of, the dog goes back to sleep on the porch, and some years go by, and, I, I kind of call it the regulatory wheel of suffering, but anyway, that's another story. So they, they call you up, they say, hey, you know, we need you to look into this issue, and, and maybe it's, uh, you know, like I said, next gen or whatever else. You know, how, so how does the process get rolling? You know, do you go, well, you send us over a, you know, top ten list? Do you you just give us a paragraph of what you're looking for, and then we kind of uh, outline it process or how does this work? Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. So, um, you know, when we get, whether it's a request letter or a mandate, I mean, within that, there typically is uh, research questions or topics that the Congress or the committees are interested in having GAO answer. So we'll take a look at those and have conversations with, uh, with congressional staff about what their underlying interests are. I mean, and really what kind of information uh, we can provide. We want to make sure, again, as I mentioned earlier, that any work we're doing is fair and balanced and sort of non-ideological. So it ha- so although maybe we get questions um, that could be, uh, we, we try to frame the issues in a non-biased way, you know, as we're being asked to look at different topics. And then through that process, we start to identify, well, what is the kind of work we could do to answer these these questions are the issues that the Congress is posing to us. Um, that involves doing lots of background research, looking at what's already been done or any work that might be ongoing. We collaborate with our, as we call them, sister agencies, so the Congressional Research Service, or CRS, as well as the Congressional Budget Office, CBO, to see what kind of work they have ongoing to make sure we don't duplicate things, as well as the IGs, IG community, the Inspector General. Um, and so we, we do that and we also start talking, you know, we, we reach out to the agency, um, and notify them that we are beginning a review on a particular topic and have a conversation with them about who within their agency should we be coordinating with on this, on these topics and how, um, and, and starting to collect information from the agencies on what they're, they're doing related to the questions we've been asked. Hmm. And so, you know, um, 
do you find yourself checking back in with, with the people who wrote the recommendation letter or the mandate, or is it pretty much like, hey, this is, these are the questions, go find this out and come back, or, or do you have to sometimes come back and check in and say, hey, you know, this isn't, you know, really mm-hmm. kind of what you're asking for, or can you clarify, or is, is, is that working yeah. in the process? Yeah, we certainly stay in touch with our uh, congressional clients in terms of um, informing them along the way of the progress on the work. I mean, we do go through a process of, um, as I was just kind of laying out, getting that background research search lets us get to a point at which we can come up with the type of objectives and information and analysis that we um can do given the data that might be available or the status of initiatives and things like that. And so we do check in with our Hill clients throughout the process and um, keep them informed on um, the work that we're doing and and, uh, how it's addressing the issues that they've asked us to look at up until the point that it does issue. So we stay in regular contact with them on, uh, yeah, on the findings of our work. And is that the same with the agency that you're you're doing the report on? Do you like keep checking in with them and say, you know, this crazy guy out here says you guys are doing this, whatever? <laughs> Did you, you check know, back in with them? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, they're they're. Uh, I think that's kind of the real value add from the GAO work is is getting uh, original information and and collecting information and discussion from agencies. Um, yeah. So throughout, especially reviews related to aviation, what I'm familiar with is, you know, we uh, have regular conversations with FA, um, whether it's collecting additional. Uh, information, asking, you know, interviewing them on the particular topic. Um, we, and then towards the, the back end of the process, giving them an opportunity to actually comment on the report. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, well, I mean, it actually sounds very interesting, your work. So, I mean, so you've been, you're, you, you got the questions formulated, you're looking around for people, you, and you're looking at this other work that's been done. And so how do you, how do you go about rounding up your, your SMEs that you may interview to give you insights or, or let's say, uh, different, different views on, on these subjects? Yeah, it it um can vary from from topic to topic, but um you know, sometimes depending on the nature of the issues, we may uh it may be obvious based on prior work that we've done, you know, that oh, in this particular um on this particular topic, the airlines are an important group that we need to talk with and um you know, talking or maybe the airports are and then we make decisions depending on what the the issues we're, we're researching, whether we need to try to talk to a large set of them or a smaller set sampling of, of some of those parties. But um, there are just a range of, uh, I mean, we'll, and we'll ask for recommendations or we'll uh, maybe find through our literature review different studies that have been done and we'll reach out to authors of that research and talk with them. So it. It can really uh, vary, but it uh, we tend to have a good network of uh, industry and other stakeholder groups that we coordinate with on our audit work to make sure we bring in that outside perspective as well. And that's probably got to be uh, something that's even a little bit more difficult on these emerging technologies, commercial space, uh, drones maybe. Uh, I don't know if you do any, you know, the automatic cars or whatever, but some mm-hmm. of this, you know, uh, work has probably got to be, 
hard, uh, you know, like even just up until, you know, the last few years, uh, that the drone community was small, commercial space was mm-hmm. small. Uh, is it, is it kind of hard to ferret these people are out or is it because it's a tight community? Uh, it's actually easy to find people. Maybe I, I don't know. How does that work? Yeah, I mean, I think it is uh, as as the different companies emerge. I mean, I think it is just uh, finding out who the the players are and 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 the evolving number of players and continuing to reach out and and expand networks in those areas. And are you? Well, I guess some of these areas there's there's crossovers, and the SMEs can. Some people, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that so, yeah, you go back and forth and there's different people that maybe you go back and rely on for other aviation issues, and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the Rolodex kind of grows, as it were. Mm-hmm. I'd probably be a little bit older to remember what a Rolodex is. Right. <laughs> but, uh, Gene, uh, any, any, any questions? Well, you're over there pretty quiet, so if you've got anything you'd like. Well, you know, this has been quite an education for me because, you know, I think of the GAO as, as uh, you know, a reporting entity that spits out reports. You never really <laughs> think about how they're they're generated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it's interesting to, to note that the agencies do get to submit and resubmit, and you do kind of do some cross-checking with SMEs to see whether it's a good fit for the industry. I mean – how much of that is it, is it intuitive, or do you uh, do you rely on your SMEs to kind of direct some of the, the the data that you utilize, or can you maybe expound a little on that? Sure. I mean, I think um, internally here at GAO, I mean, I work with different teams of analysts that are working on different studies at any given time, and we also have technical and, and methodology as well as legal experts in house that help. Uh, support our analysis um, in terms of just, uh, you know, understanding the issues or understanding all this information that we're collecting from all these different, you know, stakeholder and industry groups as well as as the agency. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of very iterative in terms of um, we need to make sure any data that we're going to use in our report is reliable uh, for the purposes of how we're reporting it um, and and disclosing any limitations if we do. I mean, that's an important part of sort of our auditing standards that we have here. So, um, you know, it it is a process of just uh, hearing, uh, sorting through all this information and figuring out what's uh, what can we make of it all and, and what is going to be reliable for us to report on. Yeah, that that has to be a daunting process because I'm sure you get input from tons and tons of, well, we'll call them experts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some of them are self-proclaimed and, and some of them have, you know, a little bit more validity behind them. And I was just wondering how you would kind of capture and decide which ones were the most valid, which ones were, you know, snake oil salesmen. Yeah, I mean, I think it is kind of seeing what what they uh, what the different data, if it's data or perspectives, like any anything, like we need to understand what backs that up and what's the basis for it as we consider, you know, what kind of data and information to use. Yeah, and, and so is there like, I mean, I guess, well, I, I would imagine, yeah, you got to go back and verify these things. But let's okay, so for you know, as an example, let's say let's just use this. Uh, this report on the FAA because we know the size of it and a lot of the people that are in the audience have 
least giving it, you know, the, the perusing, um, you know, about how many people are involved, like, let's say, directly involved in, in, in an undertaking like that. Sure. You mean from the so from the GAO perspective, in terms of a, a team that would do a report like this, um, you you typically have a director that oversees the work, and then there is an assistant director who oversees a couple of different engagements or, or reviews, and then you have an analyst in charge of of specific studies. So, um, and then within that, you're going to have staff. Like in this case, I think we had one to two staff working on it. And then technical, as I was mentioning before, we have in-house technical expertise. So everyone from um, – uh, we have somebody that has like a technolog- or technology background that can offer some of that perspective. We have an attorney who understands the legal framework um, when it comes to drones. Um, and then in some other in methodology resources in terms of just assessing the information and in, in our in our and helping us with our approach to our work, and that that tends to be the general makeup of many of the jobs that we do um, in terms of how the teams are constructed. Hmm. And and about you know how long does it take to you know from from the time you get the letter you know mm-hmm. or the mandate. About how long does it take to produce a, a report of this size and of this depth? Yeah, sure. So I think, uh, you know, our reports, they can range a little bit in terms of just the issues that we're being asked and the level of detail we are, you know, looking to get into. Um, I think on average our jobs range uh, we from from about 9 to 12 months for us to produce a report. Um, so, so that tends to be, although we do are sometimes asked to do shorter turnaround type, type information for the Congress. Um, I know we, we hadn't talked about this earlier, but I mean, uh, GAO, we also testify before Congress. Uh, mm-hmm. that's something at our director level, a position like mine, we can represent GAO's work and are often asked to testify, um, before Congress, and so uh, I think last year at GAO we testified close to 100 times um, uh, before Congress on a wide range of issues, not not just aviation, but on a number of different issues. So that's another uh, role that we can play in something that we uh, do on a shorter term basis than just our reports, but we're leveraging all that work that we've done um, to be able to, to testify before Congress. All right. Well, and this is another great civics question. So let's let's talk about that. I say, okay, Heather, <clears throat> we want you to come in here and testify. Um, you know, you guys produce this report, and in this case, it's 92 pages. So mm-hmm. the process is, is you go in there and you're basically you're 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 not really defending your work, but maybe uh, you know maybe you can tell us what what it's like. So you go in there, you sit down. There's Congress. They're asking you questions. Hey, you made this report, so you know, tell us X, Y, and Z. How did that work? Sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, in terms of congressional hearings, I mean, it depends on the topic of, you know, in the focus of the hearing. Um, But we will, you know, leverage the work that we have, whether it's a single report like the one we just issued or if it's a body of work to develop a written statement um, that we submit for the record. And then, um, you know, we come prepared to speak to the findings from our work and our and in particular, if we had any recommendations like we did in this in our small UAS report that we recently issued. And so um, and then just being able to respond to various questions. I mean, it just depends um, 
you know, the hearings can involve uh, agency officials. Uh, in, you know, if, if GAO is there, sometimes agency officials are often there. Um, there might be industry experts. And, and so it uh, gives the Congress an opportunity to ask questions of the range of perspectives that are on the panel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and one other question. So, you know, and, and, and I'm not really trying to pin you down, but possibly you could answer this. And so, like, the recommendation you made in this small UAS report, was, was this kind of like, you know, was this something that you were hearing from the SMEs or you, after all of the research, you just kind of came to this conclusion or, I mean. Sure. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, no, that's yeah. okay. It's a little bit both or, you know, I mean, you know, how does, how does that work? Yeah, sure. So in this, you know, I, as you had mentioned, we covered a bunch of issues in our UAS report. Um, in terms of the recommendation, that uh, the basis for that was uh, looking at, you know, FA has safety risk management principles that it follows, and what what we had done is looked at the practices related to safety risk management practices for small UAS, and compared and compared the two to see, you know, to the extent FA is following the practice or the principles that they have in place as it relates to some of the regulatory efforts that they've had underway for small UAS. And so that led us to find some opportunities where um, there there were uh, that they could kind of strengthen that relationship in terms of uh, making sure that they adhere to the, the principles that they have in place. And so that's where our recommendation really was based on is that analysis and an analysis of documentation from the agency as well as conversations with them to understand um, understand the, the, the work that we were looking at of theirs. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I understand it's a big a big task and all the rest of that, but I, I've kind of been a champion of science and using the scientific method, so it really spoke to me. But I am impressed. Okay, I got to tell you. So you, you know, the report was like ninety-two pages, right? Right. Okay, and you were able, you guys were able to like distill that down to this one yeah. paragraph that you know spoke volumes. I, I was impressed with that. So is that you? No, we appreciate that's that, yeah, it's something that we definitely take you know, try uh take pride in is being able to get to the bottom line quickly on uh the findings from our work. And that can yeah. be very challenging. Yeah, uh, especially, yeah, the ninety two pages and you put it down mm-hmm. in a paragraph. I was like, Wow, that's that's pretty impressive because people are like, mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? I go, Well, all you gotta mm-hmm. do is read the recommendation. Yeah. And pretty much Spells it right out. And, uh, you know, I'm even looking at a screenshot now. I screenshotted it. And I've been using it in some of my social media um, analysis. But um, so uh, that's all pretty interesting, um, you know, the, how that all works. And you do the, you know, go to Congress and you you sit there and you back up your findings and, and, and all the rest of that. So, you know, um, do you ever have so you, you do the report? The report comes out. You make mm-hmm. your recommendations for action or your findings or whatever. Do you get feedback from agencies that say, "Oh God, you know, you missed the mark. Mm-hmm. You beat us up, and you're making us look, you know, like we, you know." Or do they go, "God, you know, this is great. You know, you you really yeah. uh, nailed it, shit." Do you, do you ever have any feedback? from <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so subjects it's, of the uh, the reports. 
Yeah, so our process actually incorporates agency comments. So that is part of our report. So they have a, a as I said, I think we were talking earlier about sort of that continuing engagement with agencies as we do our reviews. But when you get when we get towards the end of the the as we've compiled a draft of the report, we actually send it to the agency we've audited for them to review and provide any technical comments or if they you know uh, agree or disagree with our recommendations they can provide information on that um, you know you, you'll see and I think we had it in this in our UAS report in the back there's actually a letter from FAA responding to our report and we print that in our report um, and then we have a section in our in our reports where um, we kind of summarize agency comments so if there is any disagreements we summarize those and then we also respond to them and that's all part of the products that we we issue and and then how about do you, do you ever hear anything from the public or are you guys kind of closed from the public as far as your findings are concerned yeah, so I mean, we, as you probably have seen, my, you know, uh, every report has contacts for our public affairs office as well as, <laughs> as well as a line to reach me at. Um, so there, so people can reach out if they have questions or uh, comments on our report, and and we're available to 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 hear them and and have discussions about them. So, um, yeah, definitely, we are, you know, we. We are funded by taxpayer dollars, so, so we uh, we yeah. make ourselves available to discuss the work as people have questions. Well, that's, that's great, and that's one of the reasons that we're even having you on here in the civics lessons and all the rest of it. I think a lot of people kind of lost sight of that. Is is you know that the government kind of works for the people, and this mm -hmm. I saw this as a. It's kind of like for me the GAO stuff is always kind of like okay, so you have like this third party out here. I mean, they work for the government and they're part mm -hmm. of the process, but they're out there. And like you said in the beginning, it's kind of this objective view mm -hmm. of kind of what's going on. And it gives citizens who may have, uh, let's say, certain issues uh, with the process or whatever, uh, something to say, well, hey, you know, here's an independent uh, report that was made and I can point to that. And, uh, you know, I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat because I'm not the only guy on the mm -hmm. planet that feels this. I do think it really works to to help the the public out. And then Gene, I know this has been kind of fast and furious. Any did any other comments from you, sir? Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm good. I'm I'm loving the stuff that's coming out. But uh, I, I would have to say, danger, danger, putting your number out there because I'm sure probably get. <laughs> No, understood. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> we're always available to answer questions on our work for sure. Yeah. I understand that, <laughs> but that would be the first thing that would, I would go, oh, no. <laughs> exactly, but, uh, no, I, you know, the, I, just, the one thing about this podcast is it's usually, and I know we're running a little bit over, and that's okay, because usually it's about 20 minutes in where the stuff really starts rolling and the things really get interesting. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you an, uh, another question, you know, because your job really sounds kind of interesting to me. Is can you discuss like maybe the the most interesting project that you were working on that you found the most fascinating? Oh, I mean, there's I, it's hard to pick one. I mean, uh, there's there's just a lot of really interesting topics that we at GA are asked to work on. Um, just to give you a flavor of the range of topics that I've worked on and really enjoyed. Um, 
you know, looking at uh, aviation delays and congestion. This was back in 2010. I worked on a report, and that was, you know, looking at some of the efforts FAA was doing in the New York um, area in particular, but also getting into Chicago and Miami and other uh, congested airports to hear uh, to understand some of the initiatives FAA had in place. I mean, that's it's interesting when we can get out to the field in particular and kind of hear uh, what's happening on the ground. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've done our, uh, jobs looking at Amtrak management, um, jobs looking at, uh, you know, like I said, some of the stuff we have ongoing. And as the issues really evolve in the aviation industry, as we were talking around drones and, and commercial space and air traffic control modernization, I mean, I, I just find, uh, I mean, working at GAO, if you have a continuous interest in learning, there's just so much to learn and so much to to contribute in terms of these big policy issues. So you always have, like, uh, interesting conversation or topic uh, topics, for, you know, at the holidays, right? So, like, Thanksgiving, you're like, hey, you know, you're telling right. everyone around the turkey. Check it out. So we're doing this report, and I learned – does this happen or what at, at uh, holiday functions, Fourth of July picnics and whatnot? Are you <laughs> telling the other people there all these cool stories? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot of interesting work for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. Well, it sounds fascinating to me, and uh, you know, I you know, if you're into technology and whatever else, I'm sure uh, it's a ton of fun. Um, there's probably um, probably never a dull moment over there. So, well, I, you know, I, again, the, the very enlightening, I, uh, I learned a lot. I, I got a good, uh, I think you added a few dimensions to the uh, one dimension of, of, of a GAO report. And I really appreciate that. And I want to thank you, Heather, for coming on to the SUS News Podcast. Well, I, we appreciate. Uh, I definitely appreciate your interest in GAO. Um, it, it is a. It's a. We put out a lot of really great work, and uh, look forward to to continuing conversations. Thank you. Thank you, and Gene. Yeah. And I have sir. to. I have to. I have to say too, Heather, that uh, I uh, quote GAO reports a lot because uh, the people that I work with in public safety and they they put a lot of credence in that. So uh, I'm I'm a fan. Great. No, we appreciate it. It's, uh, it, I mean, we pride ourselves on the quality of work that we, we produce. Well, and it's, uh, I think it shows. I, I definitely do. I think the work is good. And, uh, you know, keep up the good work. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe in the future we'll have you back on because we're, you know, there's some other report that uh, is of relevance to the unmanned, you know, aircraft systems community. Great. Thank you. All right. Have a nice day. Thanks.